When Boulder County handed out JonBenet Ramsey's autopsy report, it also unveiled numerous secrets about the crime scene, including a detailed description of the murder weapon used on the six-year-old. The autopsy report describes the cord used to strangle JonBenet. It was tied to a wooden stick, what appears to be a used paint stick broken on both ends. Printed in gold letters on the stick, the word Korea. The report also shows what JonBenet Ramsey looked like and wore the night she died. It was a long-sleeved, white-knit shirt with an embroidered silver star on the chest. JonBenet also had on underwear and long underwear, both stained with urine. The underwear may also have been stained with blood. And she was wearing jewelry, including a ring on a finger, a gold necklace with a cross around her neck, and a yellow ID bracelet inscribed JonBenet, 1225-96. Perhaps a Christmas gift she wore less than a day. The details tell us more about the crime, but former prosecutor Mimi Wesson says this is only a fraction of the police investigation. My estimate would be that the police have a great deal of information that has not yet been disclosed to the public. Then why did the coroner fight for seven months to keep the autopsy sealed? It's their natural tendency, it's the way they've been trained, it's the way they think, to maintain control over information. The truth is, JonBenet's autopsy tells us nothing new about how she was murdered or who did it. But it does tell us about important evidence. Evidence investigators will try to piece together in hopes of solving what happened at the Ramsey house. Police in Arizona are investigating four deadly shootings they believe may be linked to one man. In the most recent case, a 72-year-old mental health counselor was found dead in his Scottsdale office just yesterday. And it follows the killings of two paralegals and a well-known forensic psychiatrist who worked on several high-profile cases, including the killing of John Benet Ramsey. Could Katy Perry actually be John Bonet Ramsey? That's the bizarre conspiracy theory floating around the internet after this 2014 video resurfaced online. In the seven minute long clip, an unseen man named Dave Johnson makes a string of claims linking the pop star with John Bonet, who was murdered in 1996. John Bonet Ramsey did not die. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. That sacrifice was an in name only. And that sacrifice was to get something, and that something was to become a star. Welcome, everybody, once again to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. All right, Brandon. Hey, how's it going up there in the Pacific Northwest? And let me just be the first, uh, well, probably not the first, but, you know, let me just say Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Um, it's uh, it's cold and wet, and it's Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's beautiful. I mean, we got tons of rain here this morning in uh, beautiful San Antonio, and um, but then, man, by afternoon, sun was out, and apparently on Christmas Day we're going to be in the mid 80s. So uh, Santa will have to um, shed some clothes if he's going to be flying around Texas. It's it's going to oh, be warm. Darn. Oh darn! That's that's what uh, that's one of the main reasons uh, my wife wants to move out there. She's tired of the cold and. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the cold and nasty here. So she wants out. <laughs> well, uh, first let's, before we uh, get into today's topic and it's crazy, man. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's super crazy, but we want to first uh, let everybody know that you can always, you can email us at down the RH at protonmail.com down the RH at protonmail.com. Uh, they can hit you up on social media where, um, Instagram, I am uh, Mr. Underscore B Underscore Six Six Six. All right, and we want to thank all of our friends over there at the FringeRadioNetwork.com, FringeRadioNetwork.com, for carrying the show as always. And hey, if you like good conspiracy theory and uh, investigative podcasts, they carry some of the best over there. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, they got some good stuff over there. So today's topic, I got to be honest with you, when you first 
mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I was not, I was a little ambivalent about it because I was like, eh, yeah. I mean, we lived through this, you know, we went through all the drama and and all the uh, all the talk shows and all the, um, I mean, it was on every show, Doctor Phil. It was uh, they were special. There were specials, ABC, NBC, CBS. Um, you oh, know, it was on everything. It was all over the place. Her, it, her photo was probably the most. She was the most famous kid in the world for a while who uh, didn't know it because she was dead. Yeah. But yeah. But the crazy thing is, is that her the story is still. It's rearing its ugly head even to this day. I just heard uh, there's uh, there's a photo out there where they believe that Ghislaine Maxwell is in a photo with John Bonet Ramsey. Oh, I haven't seen that. That was a, that hadn't popped up in any of my searches yet. Yeah, I'll uh, well, we'll talk about that as we go down the line. But so here, of all the things we've talked about. Here's some of the here's some of the crosshair crosshairs that we're going to find going through this story. John Benet Ramsey, of course, on in 1996 on Christmas night, she uh, the, the, the claim that she disappeared ended up that she was dead in the basement. But here's where we're going to crosshairs with a lot of our topics we've talked about. Pizzagate shows up. Katy Perry yeah. shows up. Ghislaine Maxwell shows up. The Illuminati shows up. Mm-hmm. All from this, all from this little kid, th- this little girl who was, uh, by all by all accounts, I think, even though you know all the photos were glamour photos and stuff, seems like she had kind of a sad life. In in, in my opinion, there there's a lot of things that I read that sounds like she did, but I mean, who knows? I mean, it's one of those things because other people say that she loved doing it. She had so much fun. Right. But there's a lot of things that, you know, some of the things that they mentioned that a six year old doesn't sound right. I mean, there's, there's some people that I, I, a lot of people said that she would pose like stop and just pose, like just sit there like a statue for like minutes until they said she could move. And what six-year-old do you know that can sit still and even just sit still and still not talk? For well, and if that? she was doing it at six, that means, you know, she was probably trained when she was four and five. Yeah. How do you get a four and five-year-old to just statue up, you know? It's training, and it's one of those things. I mean, um, her mom was, you know, was a, a beauty queen. Yes. She was Miss West Virginia. Yep. Um, and so was her mom's sister. We're both Miss West Virginia at different times. Um, and there's a lot of there there's some things, because one of the things we didn't even mention, there's some ties into MK Ultra. Right. Because some people believe that a lot of beauty queens in the sixties, seventies and stuff like that were trained through MK Ultra to be like spies, sexy right. spies, basically go sleep like James Bond. Type yeah, no, we we talked about sleep it. Sleep with spies to get info. We talked about it in our MK yeah. Ultra series. Yeah, and a lot of people have think that, you know, maybe the mom was part of that program and was grooming um, John Benet. John Benet to join that program as well. Yeah, she could have been her handler. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, here's just a here's a couple of crazy um, stats that I came up with uh, in my research. That in the course of from the time John Bonet supposed went missing to the fo- time they found her dead, and then through all the investigations, there have been over 160 possible suspects. That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, uh, a lot, a lot of people. And outside um, outside of the 160 possible suspects, there's 50 to 60 other people of interest. Yes. I mean, that that's like a small town. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Uh, also, there was DNA. Th- this I found fascinating, and I think this ties this this does tie into some of the Illuminati uh, maybe MK Ultra stuff because there was D- DNA under the fingerprints of John Bonet that yeah, represented, yeah, that represented two males 
and one female. So three people. However, there was also DNA on her uh, underwear leggings that did not match either of the three under her fingernails. And they don't, they don't, they can't, it, it's dirty DNA. They can't figure out what it belongs to. So it could be the and lizard, could be the lizard people. And that's it. I mean, that's the hard part in all this. And part of one of the things, you know, we haven't even got into the investigation yet. Mm-mm. But once we get into the inv- investigation, the, the Boulder police fucked this up from start. Oh, yeah. There's so many mistakes, and it's so hard to look at any of this evidence. And that's one of the hardest parts. It's so easy to throw out the evidence immediately, feeling like, well, it could have easily been contaminated. Because how many people walked through that house from the time that, you know, she was supposedly kidnapped till the time they found the body? Well, and I watched a video. Uh, if you go onto YouTube, you can find videos, the actual videos of the crime scene where it's the yeah. it's the it's the police walking through the house. A, what a dump! They <laughs> and and you know, some people claim, well, they threw stuff around to make it look like it was a kidnapping, and but still, as they're walking through the house and then they go down into the basement. Um. There's stuff everywhere. I mean, apparently they were a fairly sociable couple and family and had people rolling through there all the time. Yeah. So like, and that's the thing. So it, is a lot of people do say the thing when they, they think that they threw stuff around, but at the same time, the the Ramses and the police never said anything about the house being ransacked or looking like something had happened. They said it looked like nothing had been disturbed. The yeah. house looked like that. <laughs> well... <laughs> Then the house was always disturbed because yeah. because how could you take I'm watch I'm looking at this interview as they're going through these room to room and then down into the basement and I'm thinking uh, if they lived like that how would you know nothing's been disturbed because it's all a mess and that's part of it too is there there was some things that I read where they said that the parts of the house that weren't used a lot were like that yeah so I the mean main yeah. parts of the house were when they had the parties because there was and that's the other thing is there were two parties, two Christmas parties that week with over 180 people between the two of them in that house. Right. So they may be, you know, just they hadn't fully cleaned up after the parties or it was one of those like, like we've all done it where you're going to have company over. So rather than clean everything, you clean the places where the company is going to be and you take everything that you can't figure out what to do and you shove it into the places they're not going to be. Happens all the time. You know, and maybe that's what it is. That yeah. Is just, you know, I'm not just. I'm not judging the way that they lived. I'm just saying in the video as they're going yeah. through as an investigator, it would be tough to de- it would be tough to determine was yeah. this place tossed or is this just how these people live? And that is one of those things. And there's a lot of things. That's the hardest part in this case. Everything that they come up with like with evidence or something, there's a way immediately there's something right afterwards where you can discredit it. Right. Like every piece of evidence in the in this case, everything I came across, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's fascinating. And then two sentences later, there was something that completely discredited it. Right. And there was so, like not one piece of evidence by the end that I'm like, oh, okay, this is the evidence. Oh, no, it's not there. That's why That's why we're here in, uh, you know, however many years later, because this happened in uh, 1996. So 25, 25. Yeah. In, in this Christmas, this Christmas. So in next week, it's 25 year anniversary. And they're no closer to finding yeah. it, finding out, which, you know, I think lends to the theory that it could have been the Illuminati or, um, you know, linked to uh, Pizzagate or something, because we all know how those guys operate. We, 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 do. we went through that ex- extensively and they don't leave traces. They're very, very well, good. They don't. And it's one of those things as we go through it, I think um, part of it might be, too, is everyone looks at the police and says, you know, a lot of uh, uh, confirmation bias. The police immediately thought it was the, the parents or the family. Oh, so right. That's all they focused on. But I wonder if it was more confirmation bias or more of a uh, kind of like Johnson did with Kennedy. Like, he's dead. This is the story. Make it fit. Right. Be- because we wondered. because in the course of this, we've also had people like there was a guy named John Mark Kerr mm-hmm. 
who came out uh, a few years ago with a full confession and and claimed yeah. that he drugged her and 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 beat her and killed her and sexually assaulted her and on and on and the, the whole thing was false yeah the whole thing was false there's evidence that, that one his dna didn't fit any of it and two there was things that he said that he did that weren't on the you didn't yeah that, that never happened so and that's kind of it and i think it's maybe that's more of a false flag like all of a sudden i think maybe somebody was getting close so know, they threw the, yeah the, so they threw the patsy out yeah, the new lizard order or the Illuminati or whoever's like, hey, you know, there's our patsy. Go, go, you know, go confess to this. Here's the information you need to give because eventually you're going to be like scrutinized, but then they're going to let you go because they're going to realize that it couldn't have been you. But it'll buy us time to, you know, divert yeah, everything over sweep, here. Yeah, burn this and sweep this under the rug. Hey, look over here while we're doing something over here to make it go away. So there's, a lot, much, a lot of weird. Yeah, I mean, so much like with the uh, with the Hoffa deal we did last week, I, I did a breakdown of just the basically some t- a timeline of the actual the day the day and um and and the night that it happened just from accounts and stuff. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through that real quick, and then I'll let you take over with some of the investigation stuff. But I thought this was fascinating because it sort of paints the picture of what ha- of what really went down. This is sort of the this is really the nuts and bolts of the history. Yeah. So on December 25th, 1996, at 10 o'clock, uh, John and Patsy Ramsey maintained that was the last that they saw their daughter alive, uh, which is when they, they put her to bed on Christmas night. And uh, they had all been up late for, like you said, one of the parties that this uh, family's party they were having. Then, so now we're uh, at midnight. So now we're December 26, 1996. The family's neighbor, Scott Gibbons, claims to remember seeing a light on in the Ramsey's kitchen. At 2 a.m., another neighbor, Melody Stanton, allegedly hears a scream from the Ramsey's home. Her husband then reportedly hears the sound of metal on concrete, quote, sometime after the scream. Now, as you said earlier, a lot of this stuff gets nullified because years later, this neighbor Melody backtracked on her statements, saying that she actually heard the noises two prior, two nights prior, if at all. So there's some discrepancy there. There is, but it's one of those things, too, where a lot of people said, how would she have heard it? But the family didn't, and they actually did a test. And found some way be the way this noise traveled. Right. It didn't come from the basement. Like the way it would have gone out that window, you could have actually heard it from her house, but not in the house. Well, not only that, I mean, they had it. Would, I don't. You've seen pictures of their house. It's a big house. Oh, it's huge. It's so depending upon where everybody's sleeping and where, like you said, and where that window is and how and how noise travels, yeah, you could you could. You could easily they the parents could be upstairs in their bedroom across the house and they wouldn't have heard a peep. No. All right, at 5:30 a.m., uh, Patsy Ramsey gets up to make coffee and then she reports finding this the the infamous two-page note on a back staircase stating that John Bonet had been kidnapped. The note claims to be from a small foreign faction demanding the ransom of $118,000 in cash. Now, remember that because that's that's a weird number. It is. Uh, $118,000 is why, why wouldn't it? Why isn't it 100? Why isn't it 110 or 120? Most most kidnappers, most ransom people round it up. I want 200,000. I want 150. You know, that seems Oddly yeah, specific. There's a lot of stories of why and theories of why that is. Right. We'll get back to that. Uh, so shortly after finding the note, so this is that. So now, 15 minutes later, she calls uh, her friends Fleet and Priscilla White and John and Barbara Fernie. Uh, she's she all ups- first? I thought she called the 911 before she called them. Uh, no. No, she called them first. She called them at 545, and she called the cops at 552. And detail, okay. so now she's, she, she calls the cops at 552, and then at 559, so pretty quick, the uh, officer, his name is French, 
he arrives on the scene. And at between 6 and 8, so a minute later, four more officers arrive at the Ramsey residence, policemen Vetch, Weiss, and Barklow, and their supervisor, Reichenbach. Uh, so JonBenet's parents have friends come to help search the home, including the aforementioned Whites, Fernies, uh, their Reverend Hoverstock, and some victim advocates and crime scene investigators are also present. So this is between 6 and 8. Now, don't you think it's weird? I'm just going to stop there for a second because as a parent of two girls who are grown now, but when they were little, if I found a ransom note in the morning, wouldn't your first inclination be to, to like tear the house apart? And see, that's one of the things, because I thought they'd said, because the, the one thing is, because they, the, because like you said, they found no, but they didn't call anyone for 15 minutes. And a lot of people say and think that those 15 minutes was them running around the house. Could be. But from what, but one of the things that I read was they said, basically, they pretty much went to her room and like the like two rooms she normally would have been to. And that was it. Didn't go to the basement. But didn't go for the basement. Yeah. And from what I've seen, um, like plans of the house and stuff like that, like in the basement was a big freaking like maze. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. If you yeah. watch the video of them going through there, you can get dizzy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So according to, according to my research, at 810, the first detective, L- Linda Arndt, shows up. And here's the first bungle. She fails to secure the crime scene. So, yeah. so, so, so she so shows up and there's still people walking all over the place. Yep. And, and, and she even invited more. Cause a lot of people say the advocates that came in to come talk to them and help them, you know, deal with it. The, you know, the mental advocates or whatever were called by the police. They brought them in. Yeah. So not only did but, they let people, they brought more people. Right. And not here. Here's your little section of the yard. You all stay here. We're going to rope it off. They just let them wander around. Oh, no, and they also let them go in the kitchen and clean up after making sandwiches. <laughs> well, they cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> okay, so 10.30. Now we're at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, John Ramsey. Now, the, uh, again, you got a huge scene going on here. There's, there's, there's probably, what, 20, 25 people or more all wandering around yeah. this house. Ram, John Ramsey, the dad, goes missing for at least an hour. He says he was supposedly picking up the mail. It's later determined that this couldn't be true, given the family's mail was delivered through a slot in the front door. Yeah. And he never backed, he's never backed off on that. But he's, yet he's never explained where was he, what mail was he going to get. Did he have a P.O. box? He, he never said. Yeah, see, I didn't hear that it was a full hour. I heard he just kind of... But... Witnesses I mean, say he witnesses say he was gone for about an hour. I mean, who knows? Maybe he walked out into the woods to go walk around the woods and look around or something. I mean, who knows what he did? But I mean, eh, you're that do- is very weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very weird. But uh, it, it's a bungle by the police in the same at the same time because the police oh, yeah. have sequestered the parents to a room together, stayed with them, kept them there for if the 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 you know the the kidnappers called all that kind of stuff, and they never did it. No, and here's another bungle. Here's another weird, crazy thing. We're now at 1 o'clock, okay? 1 in the afternoon. This is when Detective Art tells John Ramsey, who's now come back, that the, that the police will now be conducting a search of the house at 1 o'clock. Well, and see, from what I read, they didn't even do that. What it was is they'd done, they had done a cursory law. But it was just a quick little, like, basically looking if there was an escape or to see whatever. So, but they never looked in the, the right room. And from what I understood, at 1 o'clock, it was more one of those things, like, John was pacing and whatever. And Detective Arndt was like, hey, how about just to, like, bide your time? Why don't you look around and see if anything's out of place? Yeah, well, because he also, his friend uh, Fleet White. Fleet. Uh, joined in with him and some of the other cops. Uh, five minutes later, John and Fleet, from what I've found, 
That's when they discovered JonBenet's body in the spare bedroom in the basement. Which is kind of weird, I think, that the cops who are supposedly trained went through the house but didn't find it. But yet five from from one o'clock when it's like, hey, it's time to go. Let's you know, let's do a, an inve- another investigation of the house. Five minutes later, John and Fleet are the ones who discover the body. Well, and it's one of those things. A lot of people said that uh, the police's argument on part of this was that the reason they didn't find her earlier was when they did it, they were looking for escape routes not necessarily looking for yeah but the window was busted down there yeah i mean there was a lot of evidence down in the basement that something had gone on yes there was there was a lot of evidence that something had gone on in the basement um that the window was broken that there was a a suitcase under the window yeah glass and all of that but they never opened the door because there was a door with a wooden latch on the outside which they said would have been couldn't have been an escape route because if they use it as an escape route, how would they have locked it from the other from the side that they were on? Right. So uh, they, and that was their excuse, quote unquote, that to why. Pretty lame. Not. Yeah, it, pretty, it is pretty it is. lame. Trust me, when it comes to the Boulder Police, afterward, you know, th- there's a lot of things that are pretty lame. Oh yeah. Uh, so as they what as they found her, she had a uh, skull fracture. She was strangled by a garrote. Which is not a huge, that's, you know, that's a mafia type thing. Yes. I mean, it, it, you do not hear about that a lot. So that's kind of strange. Mafia, hitman, yeah. um, stuff like that. that. That's a usually like, yeah, that's not something someone just randomly does. Also, her mouth and neck are bound with duct tape, <laughs> which another bungle, the officials, uh, <laughs> they removed it. And then they moved her body upstairs to the living room. Well, and see, that's the thing is from everything, the official report isn't that the police did it, that the dad did it. I know. The dad and and Fleet were together without the police with them. They found the body. Of course, his immediate reaction, according to him, was he thought that, yay, I found her and then realized that something wasn't right. So he pulled the tape off to give her so she could try and breathe, even though she wasn't going to move anything. And then, you know, but when you're, my I baby, mean, my baby grabbed her and ran upstairs with it again. Wouldn't your first response, your first thing would be to go get the look. Hey, go grab the cops. And we found her. And then the cops go, everybody back off that. Yeah. But I mean, I could see his, the, the, the father too. I mean, you open a door, your daughter's laying there on the ground. Your first reaction is that she's dead. You run over to grab her and make sure she's in check on her. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe hold her. You know, yes. I could see that but because you're in grief, you're in grief, yeah. you're in mourning. But to pick her, I've, I mean, anybody who's watched even a modicum, small amount of yeah. crime, whether it be TV or true crime or whatever, knows you don't tamper with it. But I don't think we had as much. I mean, this was 1996. This is 25 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit, but I don't think as much as we have now. Law but and Order was, was on. Those, Law and Order was on TV. They should have been watching yeah, it. Law and Order has been on since like before television. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but I could I, I could also see like freaking out at your daughter. You don't want to admit that she's dead. Sure. So that you can't save her. So of course he picks her up and he's basically. Not that I'm defending him. I'm just saying that this is possible. He picked her up and ran upstairs with her to say, "Hey, help me! I need a saver." No, oh, I agree. I agree. Look, I, so, mean, I mean that is he could have been in shock, but, but I mean at the same time, you just ruined all evidence because now all of a sudden you've touched it, and then you take it upstairs, and then there's supposedly he took it upstairs, and then Detective Arndt also picked her up and moved her even farther into the living room. Right. So which is now, which is what a lot of people dad, which is why a lot of people are saying uh, well, one of the theories is is that the dad's involved and that's why he did that. Yeah. So and then the the, the detective picked her up. So now not only is the dad tam- contaminated the, the body, now the the detective has. And then once the mom saw her, she freaked out, runs over, kneels down next to her, picks her up, and starts bawling. So now, bam, she's even it's even more contamination. So. That's the hard part for me. Any DNA you find on that body. Well, that's all yeah. the cops. This is all the cops fault. 
the, they were, the, the they, parents they should have, not have been in a position. They should not. They yeah. should have been sequestered, like you said, somewhere. And the police should have been have roped that sucker off uh, until they had, you know, secured the scene. They should have secured the, the scene and left one room where there's a phone, so they could deal with it if the the kidnappers called. And the police should have done a full thorough search of that house. But the big argument they keep coming back is, is we weren't, we didn't think it was a crime scene because it was a kidnapping. It was still a crime. There was still a kidnapping in that house. It was still a crime scene. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, now we're at one thirty, which is when the uh, this is when Ron Walker and Larry Mason, who are also Boulder policemen, arrive. They search the basement and the wine cellar, and they are the ones who finally secure the home, preventing further yeah. arrival. Like, there's that's it. Nobody nobody else can show up. So at one thirty, what six six in the morning to one thirty? I mean, you're talking seven seven and a half hours. After uh, they should have secured it, of people wandering through, just yeah. neighbors, uh, neighbors, the priest, the everybody, advocates who cleaned. I mean, there's so much contamination on that, that. No wonder we haven't been able to find anything. Yeah, and I mean, we skipped over. I mean, the note was two and a half pages long. Two and a half pages long. Yeah, really, and, and kind of, and a weird note at that. Yeah. Uh, one forty. This is interesting. Uh, so now we're just about. Um, yeah, so 10 minutes later, apparently John Ramsey calls his pilot and is allegedly heard asking him to prepare a plane to go to Atlanta. Uh, meanwhile, law enforcement is telling the family not to leave town. Yeah. And, and he's actually, he is admitted flat out that he was talking to them about going to Atlanta to get it basically because that's where they're from and they just they need to get away. They needed. They just wanted to get away from everything that happened. Their daughter just died, and I'm like, and I kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'd want to stay there so I could, you know, deal with whoever did this to my kid. Yeah, and then at two thirty, uh, the police conduct an interview with John Bonet's brother uh, Burke, and so Burke's nine years old at this time. And he allegedly says he slept through the events of the, you know, he slept through all of it pretty much, except for when everybody started showing up, he didn't know what was going on. And at some point after this, that's when um, John Ramsey is advised to get an attorney. And then he, so he hired his friend, Mike Bynum. And that's when the, everything kind of got shut down. Yeah, because um, there was one of the reports that I found said somebody from the police department, they didn't say nobody knows who, tipped off Ramsey, supposedly, that the police were focusing and specifically thinking somebody in the family did it. So he needed to get himself protection. Right. So, of course, he did. And then a lot of people really focus on the fact that him and the wife got separate lawyers. And from a lot of stuff that I read, apparently in Colorado that's the law like oh. a, a, a a even if you're a married couple you can't have the same lawyer who defends both you have to have separate lawyers i did not so, know that yeah there was something you know i kept seeing that i'm like that is kind of weird but then i found something that said that apparently the law at least at that time was you had to have separate lawyers so so now we're down to you know kind of like who did it and obviously we don't have time to go through 160 possible suspects it, there's a lot there's a, a, a thing that i listened to uh, the killing of john benet or something which was very informative but very uh, biased which a lot of this is um but it was i think 12 episodes and like half an hour a piece almost six hours of just talking about this right with a lot of stuff and i mean so but they went down like every everybody and because there's a lot and there's a lot of and there's great evidence for all of them and that's the problem there's great evidence but no evidence really oh yeah well there's um yeah there's a ton but i thought we'd highlight a few because i like to stay on the weird side of things oh yeah you know so there's some weird theories about well the, one thing i would like to do before we go is actually read um the 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 letter 
Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here, here's a letter. And this is the one thing, too, is a lot of people really focus on. This was written in the house. And the pad of paper and the pen were put back where they belong. Right, but they couldn't get no. fingerprints off of it. No. But it, it's one of those things that there is one of the theories that I actually kind of lean towards a little bit that explains why that happened and how it couldn't could have not been the family. But I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is. So here's, here's what it says. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter uh, in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and it will. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in 20s and $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an early earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation from my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement uh, countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. It is... Oh, oh. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. If you are not the you are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory SBTC. Yeah, I mean it's pretty detailed. It is. And what's weird, too, to me is if you start at the very beginning, they call him Mr. Ramsey. But by the end, they're calling him John. And right. Very specifically, like four different times in like the last paragraph. John. Well, and the other weird thing is they mentioned in there that it had to be done, what was it, between 8 and 10 in the morning? Yeah. Well, it was, the, it was you know, not, obviously they, for what whatever it, it if that's true, if it really was this group, if it really if it really had to do with this note, uh, she was already dead, but he disappeared. That's at 1030 is when he went missing for an hour. Yeah. So where did he go? Who, who, was, who did he go talk to? And, I mean, who knows? I mean, not to sound bad, but, I mean, maybe it was just he needed to step out and get a breath because it was past 10 and they didn't call. You know, maybe. he needed a breath. Who knows? But I mean, it's one of those things. Another thing that I saw where a lot of people focus on the fact that at 10, they didn't have a meltdown. They didn't freak out. They didn't do anything. And there was an interview that I saw or that I, I, I watched with John, John Ramsey. And he said that basically there was confusion with him and the, with him, the cops and everyone else on because it said eight to 10 tomorrow. Right. On whether they meant that morning or the next morning. Which yeah, I mean, if it's happening, you know, if they, they wrote, if they were writing, morning, they're writing the note right around midnight. Yeah, do they mean this morning or do they mean tomorrow morning? Because yeah. when was it written? And and that's where a lot of like there was some confusion there. So he said that they kind of felt like, oh, they must have meant when nothing, no one called by ten, they must have meant tomorrow. And I I can see that. So. There are some things, and like I said, it, there's so many things that could easily be, yeah, the evidence is just weird. Well, getting to the, the, 
the price tag, this $118,000 they were asking for, which is, again, an odd number. Yes. Uh, one of the conspiracy theories is that <clears throat> that that $118,000 was the exact amount of money that John Ramsey had received as a Christmas bonus that year. And well, that, so that's one thing that I read that a lot of people say the Christmas bonus, but um, there was a couple of people that found that it was actually a bonus he'd gotten back in April. But if you looked at his paychecks, because it was year to date, right, his paycheck even in December would show the $118,000 bonus. But regardless, it's, it would show it all it's odd that it's the same amount. It is, and it's another one of those things and things that I read, how they argued it out was saying because the house was such a mess, they said that you could actually, if someone was walking through, you could find his pay stubs were just sitting around. So they knew so, they knew he had at least that much. Yes, they knew he had at least that much, and it was one of those that it was, some people think this might have been a personal thing, and it might have been like somebody, a, a disgruntled employee that's saying, you know, basically, you didn't deserve your bonus, we want it. Yeah, or or the been. or the heads of the company wanted it back. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, because and people are like, well, that just sounds dumb. But think about Umbrella Man. It sounds stupid to us, but for whatever reason, in his brain, it worked. Yeah. Did you uh, come across the uh, the the pineapple connection? Yeah, that there was pineapple in her stomach, and that there was pineapple on the table that they said they didn't remember putting out. Yeah. So they said uh, traces of pineapple were found in her stomach which means she was uh fed or she ate pineapple just before her death and either the killer was someone who um brought it with them because they, they didn't even remember having it yeah uh and that there was a bowl in the kitchen with pineapple residue on it yes now the weird well, thing I is there there were fingerprints from bro both her mother and her brother Bert, yeah on on the bowl that had the pineapple but it's in their house and that but that's one of the things that a lot of people come back to and this is the problem that you run into when you leave the house open some people think or so you know theorize that one of the neighbors one of the visitors brought it with them and that the the mom and burke were sitting there while they were you know freaking out and just snacking on it right so, I mean, and that's the hard part. Like I said, there's so many things because of them, that seven and a half hour window where people were just willy nilly walking through the house. It's easy to discredit anything. One of the other crazy, um, <laughs> one of the cra other crazy connections is there's a theory because uh, that, uh, that she was killed by a child sex ring, which brings us into the Ghislaine Maxwell thing as well. Yeah. So in 2000, a California woman told authorities that she had been sexually abused as a child by adults using devices similar to the garrote found around John Bonet's neck. She claimed that these were these adults were part of a widespread sex ring and suggested they could have been behind uh, John Bonet's murder. Of course, the police say they're unable to find any connections. However, just recently, this has. Um, shown up on Twitter, there's a photo of John Bonet, and she looks young. I mean, she looked, because how old was John Bonet when she died? She was like 10? Six. She was six. So this, I'm looking at this photo. She looks like she's maybe four, four or five. And there's a, uh, she's wearing this kind of hat that has, uh, um, it's, I don't know, it's got these long, it's it's a decorative hat that she used to wear at these pageants and right behind her there is a there's a woman it's just this woman's face in the photo and it is a dead ringer for Ghislaine Maxwell and a lot of people are saying uh, her dad did business all over the world that he could have you know he could have known Epstein could have you know flown he, he he always he was obviously into flying he had a private plane uh he could have you know run in the same circles and because there was a you know i don't know if you remember this but there was a lot of there were a lot of theories about um her parents 
you know, not prostituting her out, but just sort of pimping her out as uh, as like a. Uh, they, they didn't have problems with people. Let's just say taking pictures of their, of their daughter that were suggestive. Oh no. I mean, I mean, she was I mean, clothed and everything. It wasn't like it was child porn or anything, but she was a little showgirl, and they had no problem with people saying she was, she looked sexy. She looked hot and all this stuff. Wasn't that the whole point of the freaking pageants? Beauty pageants? I mean, they dress them up, they put the makeup on them to make them look like adults. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll be honest, it's one of those ones, and I I mean, I know a lot of things that I watched and a lot of things that, you know, everything else talked about, you know, that they would watch the, you know, the beauty pageant, you know, footage just to, you know, kind of see, and I'm like, I couldn't do it, I can't bring myself. I mean, I feel like the second I turn that on, I, I'm on a pedophile list. I mean, I just, I can't understand the beauty pageants of a child. No, I've never understood it either. I don't get it. I would have never I would have never put my daughters into one. No. It's ridiculous. So there's another it, theory it that John Bonet was killed for a satanic sacrifice. I've heard that one too. Uh it says apparently a brotherhood term for devil is John Bonet. I had not heard that before, but I did look up and it is true. Yeah. Which is uh it's John Bet. John Bet. J O N B E T, which is, you know, Pretty close to John well, Bonet. And well, they that, say the way she got her name was because her dad's name is John Bennett. Right. And he just basically gave her his name, but then put the little, the whatever that thing's called, the umlaut or whatever you call it over her name, over the E. Well, and made it Bonet. This is also kind of interesting. There's a, a, a sacrifice ritual commonly performed by, uh, I'll just say Satanists. And we've talked about who we think Satanists are. There's Luciferians. There's, you know, there's kind of the. Yeah. But anyway, there's this the ritual. It's called the last bulb of the Christmas tree. Where they go out yeah. and they and, and, and they uh, they snuff out somebody. And so there's the there's that conspiracy. There's conspiracies that aliens murdered her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's always the aliens. There's also a conspiracy I found that the people behind 9/11 killed her. <laughs> Says according to the I site, I find that, one, but I didn't go deep into that one. Uh, Unhyped mind is where I found this that uh, she was murdered by a Royal Canadian Air Force Air Force Colonel operating on behalf of major British and American corporations, corporations and the Illuminati, because her father refused to assist America's enemies in planning 9/11. Which doesn't make sense with no, no. with the note. Yeah, maybe it does because maybe that you know you know foreign faction was the people getting ready to do nine eleven, and you know since he wouldn't help them. And of course, the most famous conspiracy theory of them all is that John Benet Ramsey is Katy Perry. Yes. Um, some people believe the whole murder was staged. To create a fascinating story in John Bonet, now Katy Perry went into hiding for years until it was time to resurface. The singer's, uh, so Katy Perry's song, Wide Awake, is believed to be an undercover message revealing the truth about her past as John Bonet. Now, we all know about uh, Katy Perry's ties to the Illuminati. She's been very open about wanting to be part of it. She has massive mm -hmm. Illuminati symbols in all of her music. She did the... Um, the soul cooking in one of her videos, uh, you know, she's way out there in Illuminati land. We know that for a right, fact. But here's the weird thing. So I, I, I was really fascinated by that theory. First of all, there's lots of problems with it, mainly their age. Yeah, she's like 10 years older than John Bonet would have been. But uh, this whole thing started, as far as I can find, this whole conspiracy about her, John Bonet being part uh, or becoming Katy Perry, started by this YouTuber, this guy named Dave Johnson. Did you have you found this guy? No. So Dave Johnson is this guy on YouTube, and this was you know he's early YouTube, and he was he does this investigative reporting 
and he's he has an episode, and this is what he said. He says, John Benet Ramsey did not die. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt. The sacrifice was in name only, and the sacrifice was, was to get something, and that something was to become a star. John Benet Ramsey became Katy Perry. That's a fact. So if any of you continue to lie about this person dying, you are a false witness to the murder. That's a fact. He goes on to say, um, Johnson, uh, so what he does is, and he does this for other things too, where he blends photos of people, you know, to show uh, the similarities. And he says that the the parents, the Ramsey parents, and Katie's Katy Perry's parents, if you when he blends the photos, he says, "Well, he shaved his head." Speak it's talking about John Bonet's dad, and she lost some weight. That's about it. Then he goes on, "Stop being liars for the system. Nobody died. She's still singing. Obviously, false death liars are going to burn. Uh, count on it." Now, here's the problem with this guy, Dave Johnson. <laughs> Uh, he also believes that the civil war was a hoax and that no one died or got hurt. He also claims that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are somehow the same person or possessed by the same demon. Well, didn't you read the run that said that, uh, Joe Biden's dead and uh, they just did a face off. Uh, I have heard, (laughs) I have heard that. Uh, and the problem is, is that we have a body. John Bonet Ramsey's there's a body. It's not like she disappeared and we don't know what happened to her. She she's dead. They say there's a body. Well, that is true. They could be. I mean, you know, the new lizard order. I mean, the Boulder police. It's one of those things. I honestly have a. I almost have more of. It's easier for me to believe that there was a conspiracy that the Boulder police was covering up, rather than believe they were that dumb. I and I agree with you on a, on on that. However, there were so many police that showed up that day. You would think at some you would think at some point police. you would think at some point one of them would break break rank and say, "No, nah, I can't do this anymore and I'm just going to blow the lid off this thing." Impossibly. Because that's been the hard thing too is the fact that you look at things and it wasn't until this year that the chief of the Boulder police isn't a from Boulder. Right. They finally got someone from out of town and everybody has basically kept together that, nope, the family did it. And that's what we're going to keep trying to prove. Oh, I did find this. Uh, let's go back to the ransom note for a second. I forgot to bring this up when you were, when you were talking about that. Cause I thought this was, this was interesting. Did you know that several lines in the ransom note were lifted from Movies, including Dirty Harry yes. and Speed. Well, one of them, they said some of it was from the movie Ransom, which had come out like two months before that. Right. And it's a, so experts tested the time it would take to write the ransom note, and it took every test taker at least 20 minutes to complete. And this and was without. If they wrote it knowing what they were going to write. Right. Uh, forensic linguistics experts said the language in the note was uh, maternalistic. And that it seemed like the author deliberately made certain errors to make it seem like the writer's native language wasn't English. So they could because we know they didn't write it and bring it because it was written there. Yeah, it was written in the house. Here's one of the things. Yeah, and one of the theories that you know came back from Smith, who was the detective that they hired that who had like 200 homicide cases. Um, he said he thought it was the outside intruder and what they had done is why they were gone because they, they had a Christmas party that wasn't at their house that night. It was somewhere else. Right. And that while they were gone, the Christmas party, he was already in the house. He was there waiting because there was some evidence found in the older brother's room, the one that didn't live there, John Anthony, or John Andrew, Anthony, something in his room of a bag with twine that they've never said did or did not match what was used to tie her up. And in there, um, he surmised that he thought someone came into the house, waited for them, and that's why the paper was he sat and wrote. Because also on that same pad of paper, they found a note where he started writing one and then stopped and 
went to the next page and so wrote the one that, the one that he used. Right. So he he had wrote a test run first, um, and then put the paper and the pen back where they belong. Part of the problem that they had with a lot of the handwriting checking is that it was written in Sharpie, so there's no fine lines to be able to really tell someone's handwriting. So there's a lot of things that, you know, kind of, but like you said, like we keep saying, there's evidence that can refute that, but also evidence that can prove it. Well, and, and that's where there's so much crazy evidence and so much missing evidence. Yeah, same thing with the damaged basement window. They found all kinds yeah. of problems with, with this whole theory of a break-in. Uh, yeah. and an intruder because there were uh, like cobwebs all over like it, it, the, the, that window could have been was probably broken for a while yeah and, and the other thing too is there's a lot of they, they admit that they never set the alarm they had an alarm but they never set it because the kids kept setting it off and it was loud and annoying so they never set the alarm so someone could have easily walked in their house and been just waiting right and then could have taken John Bonet maybe had planned on using that window but then she fought back, and they ended up having to kill her. And then he's like, well, th then they just went out a completely different way. Because the suitcase that was there, they said that that wasn't theirs. <laughs> here's, an, here's another crazy. Um, <laughs> this is an, I thought this was really strange. This is on the, D, the, the whole DNA thing. Um, Dr. Henry Lee, who was a DNA expert who also testified in the OJ trial, he explained that some of the DNA that was found on um, John Bonet's underwear may not be from an intruder or from a member of a family, but from someone who manufactured or packaged the underwear from the store where they purchased it. <laughs> or not the sound, but I mean, that's a little creepy. Maybe if it was brand new underwear, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, I have a niece who's completely insane who like, yesterday admitted that when she buys the underwear and socks she washes them before she puts them on well because she doesn't because of that kind of stuff and it's like eh. so i mean unless it's brand new and it's never been through the washer how would the person's dna be but there was things that they said that the dna that was on the underwear and on her tights matched yeah so unless the same person you know made her underwear and packaged her underwear and her tights how did that DNA match? It's uh, it is a weird and strange tale. Well, we're get it's so deep, but basically what we wanted to do is it just is. remind you that it happened at Christmas, that it's unsolved, yeah. and there are there are many many tentacles to this story. It's way way deeper than just what you've seen on the news, and it goes in all directions. Well, and there's a lot of evidence, too, that um, people brought out saying that the, the stuff that we saw in the news, one of the reasons why we do have a lot of people do believe it was the parents or Burke, the brother, is because the news was influenced by the Boulder police. Yes. And the Boulder police were feeding them misinformation. Yes, I did read they've that. They've even admitted, they've even admitted one time that they blamed the older brother who was in Ar Atlanta, who was proven to be in Atlanta. Well, one of, and one of the reporter's girlfriends turned him in as being someone of suspicion as well. Yeah. So they said that it was the, the brother to the news media that they were looking into him because they were hoping by implicating the brother that the parents would be pressured to come forward and admit to what they did. Right. Yeah. It is. So there was a lot of games being played using the media, which gave us a lot of misinformation that people still believe. Oh, the media given misinformation? Come on. No. That the media only reports the truth. Facts that are truth and facts that have been tested and proven by specialists that people, you know, that aren't biased by pharmaceutical companies. Oh, I'm sorry, were we talking about something else? It's the that's the the, the names you trust. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what's your uh, what's your final take on this? Uh John Benet Ramsey, will it ever be solved? And if so, who do you think did it? Um, I honestly don't think it will. I don't think it's going to be solved. There's too much degradation in the, the, the DNA unless they're able to get a good DNA sample and be able to do a familial test. But at that point, even then, um, how do we know how it got there? And there's multiple people, um, multiple DNA samples, multiple, you know, yeah, it's, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to ever be solved, but I honestly think it was an intruder. I don't think it was a family. I think that we were forced 
into believing that it was the family by the Boulder police. There are a lot of weird things that I think the family is guilty of child neglect. Yes. By putting her into danger. Yes. But I don't think they were the ones that killed her. I know there's a lot of people that think that Burke may have accidentally killed her and then the family covered it up. But I, I even don't think that. I think it was somebody who was mad at John mm-hmm. and came into the, came into the house and were waiting for them and wanted to hurt him. And I don't think they planned on killing her. I think it was supposed to be a kidnapping like they planned. And then it, something went wrong. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on, on almost every point. Probably, probably all of them. I, I don't, unless, unless somebody, whoever did it, gets a conscience or on their deathbed, confessional, and, and it's rock solid, comes forward and says, yep, I did it. Here's how I did it. Here's where here's where I did it. This is what I if, and he knows that person knows intimate details about it that we don't even know. That's the only way I think yeah. it gets solved. I don't think it's going to get solved by detective, by investigative reporting. I don't think it's going to get I, I, I'm with you unless somebody comes forward finally and says, yeah, uh, it was me. I don't I don't see any reason. No motivation for the parents to to kill uh, John Bonet, it just, that doesn't make any sense. And the whole thing about the son, uh, you know, her brother accidentally killing her, uh, I don't buy that either. And, the, and them covering it up because somebody would have slipped. It, it, something would have. You can't. That that kind of thing can only go so far before it falls apart, and that happens all the time. And the force that it would have had to take for a nine-year-old. Yeah to hit her with the force that she was hit with is it, just, I don't see it happening. And then two, even if that had happened, why the garage? Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. That That's not what a parent, would, that's not what a parent would do. They would have said, you she, wouldn't do that even trying to hide it and make it look like an accident. No, you're not going to do the garage. I mean, it, no, it's not. no, you're, you're going to, no any parent could put a garage around their kid, even if they were already dead. No, I know. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, they, they would say she fell down the stairs or fell out of a tree or something. There's no way. Uh, I'm with you. I think, I don't know who did it. I don't think it's multiple people. I think it's a person. And I think it's somebody who was mad at the dad or, or somebody who was obsessed through these beauty pageants, you know, somebody who was lurking in the background, who um, had an obsession with this kid but most likely i think you're right i think somebody was there to mess with john and they knew this was going to hurt him more than anything and uh the kidnapping was the original intention something went wrong and they they had to get the heck out of dodge and unless they come forward i don't i i really don't think we're ever going to by natural means, and that I mean by the police force, investigator, investigative reporting, I don't think we're going to find out. No. And there's a lot of, you know, people doing the, the investigating online and all that stuff. Um, there's one of the most famous ones, Jameson, but she's very biased um, and stuff like that. And it's, I don't think it's going to be like Golden State. I know a lot of people think with Golden State Killer, where all of a sudden it was found with familial DNA. They don't no. think they, I don't think it's going to happen. Because no. the hard part is she was at multiple parties. Those, right, under her fingernails, that could have just been from hugging someone at a party. Or could have been, yeah, all, could have been all kind of things. Yeah, there's all kind of reasons why you know there could be other people's skin under a a child's nails, unless it was like, from what the evidence that I understood from reading it, it wasn't from like scraping them, like no. they grabbed them and was no, it wasn't. Was it? it could have been transferred from you know touching their clothes or something like that. So I mean, there's a lot of yeah ifs on this. Could it have been the Illuminati? Could it have been a child sex ring? Could have. I don't. I maybe. It's, I think. It, I don't know enough about her dad. There's. It's. He. He's really tough. Tough one to crack. Um, but he could have. Yeah. It. It wouldn't surprise me if, if he could have been involved in some shady business. And because the way it was done and the way they um, covered it up and have misdirected and. Like, you know, like the clip coming in, there was one of the psychiatrists that worked on it um, who was coming to some conclusions. And all of a sudden, this crazy man just shot him and several others. And oh, it just happened to be several people who worked on the John Bonet uh, case. Yeah. 
yeah, who just, you know, maybe they're getting too close. And that's what I, I, that's why I think there's something where they, there's something more to this than what we're seeing. And there's a lot of evidence that we haven't seen that the grand jury saw that we've never, that they've never released the public. Well, the grand jury wanted to go after the parents. It was the prosecutors who said no. They did, but it's one of those things that it is, and a lot of things that I, I've read some things on the grand juries, it's not like a normal trial where you have to have no doubt. Right. Oh, yeah. It has no. to be, could this be possible? Possibly be possible. And one of the people that they, they interviewed some of those on the grand jury, a couple of them, and every single one said, there's no way it was the parents. Yeah. From the evidence they showed us, there was no way. Well, uh, you know, it's, what did you say, 25 years? It's, been, it's a yeah. long time, and uh, it gets colder every day. But it, it did happen on Christmas night, which is really, yeah. really strange. But yeah, It is. All right, well, you have the midweek podcast this week. You're going to be talking about who? I think I'm going to go to Black Dahlia. Nice. So it was something we'd mentioned last week, and I just happened to have it up on my computer, and I'm like, you know, I, I want to look at this one more. It's a fast. I don't want to look at the pictures no. anymore. But it's a fascinating story. Look into, the, the, look into it. Fascinating story, and then we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week for uh, the Sunday show. And uh, so, everybody, if you're listening to this before Christmas, before Hanukkah. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you have going on, may it be merry and bright, and may you be happy, and yeah. and gather with your friends. Don't listen to the advice of the ex, so-called experts. Gather with your loved ones. Gather with your friends. Live your life. Don't don't hole up. Don't be alone, uh, if you can avoid it. And if you are, and and we we understand. We Brandon and I have both been there. Holidays can be blue. It can, it can be very depressing for some people. It can be. There are hotlines that you can call. Uh, pick up the phone, call a friend, uh, email us. Message Don't, me. Yeah, message Brandon. We we will we understand. There's there will be no judgment at all. Nope. We we would love to help you, chat with you, talk with you. Um, we understand it can be a tough time of the season because everybody is supposed to be merry, jolly, and bright. And it's not that way for everybody. We've no, been there. We have been there, and we, we know what you're going through. So please, please, please just, you know, stay in the game. Message us. Message somebody. Go visit somebody. Take a walk. Clear your head. Do whatever, it, do whatever you need to do to get out of the funk and to not go down. Don't spiral down. That's the biggest thing. Do not spiral down. Yeah, do not. And um, but other than that, I hope everybody uh, stays healthy and stays uh, stays merry. Um, you know, have a toast for us. We'll toast for you. And we will be back here next week. And I'm Big D. I'm Brandon. And have a very Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you do, have fun and enjoy.